with Stephen. Right before we started recording, Danny complimented me and told me that I am the master of self-promotion. So with that in mind, y'all be sure to go follow the Pin Pod. And Mika. Hi. Hola. Como te ha ido? How is life? How are you? How are you on this wonderful Wednesday evening on which we are recording? I am feeling good. I am finally getting back into my creative outlet of Instagram and being able to post again, which is amazing. <laughs> I feel like that is happening slowly for a lot of people. Like I'm seeing a lot of people like reappear after a break. Yeah, it's been really hard this year. So I'm really glad to be kind of back in the Potter purse. <laughs> well, look, I don't. I don't want to get too real at risk of losing all of our listenership for this episode. But one of the things that I have found to be true, at least in my life, and so I don't want to necessarily extrapolate it to, you know, never mind the rest of the world, even, you know, the two of y'all in the pod. But, you know, I, I typically I have an in-office job that requires me to travel from where I sleep at night to an office in the day. And that separation, that physical separation of my work and my home was so crucial for me. And it's been really draining just to be at home all day where there is no separation. It's like, I'm always on my phone, right? I'm always looking at Instagram. And like, for me, there's not like a lot of a psychological difference between me being on my phone at my little tiny card table desk four feet from here versus me being on my phone laying in bed. And so I I have found that's been really tough, which has made as much as I love the Pottergram, as much as I love all the people that we get to talk to on this podcast, all the people we get to know across the community, like that's made just the pottergram so much more tiring for me. And that's not the fault of anyone in the community. It's just, I think, a reality of the situation. Yeah, it definitely is. And being like a stay-at-home mom, I definitely feel the connection with social media because of, you know, not having, you know, focusing on my daughter and then, you know, like, oh, what am I supposed to do when she's napping? Oh, let me go on Instagram. Let me make pictures. And then it's like this whole thing that's been going on throughout the world, you know? Um, just sort of put me in a funk, like an anxiety funk, like not wanting to post funk, like just everything. An uptown funk? Julio, get the stretch. Not to Harlem, Hollywood, Jackson, Mississippi. Don't show up, you're going to show down. Well, before we get a whole musical number from Steven. Got a police and a fire. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Bruno, I know you listen. Please don't make us pay for the rights to that song. Please. Well, let's backtrack a little. And have you introduced yourself, your house, your Patronus, favorite character, and where you are on the socials? Okay, so... I'm a Hufflepuff, <laughs> first and foremost. Um, my Patronus, according to Pottermore, is a West Highland Terrier, but I do not agree with that at all. I have, ever since I had my daughter, I thought that my Patronus has changed from a wolf to a fox. So I think I am the fox now and not this West Highland Terrier <laughs> that Pottermore thinks I am, or Wizarding World thinks I am, I should say. And then, uh, uh, I forgot the other questions. <laughs> favorite character? My favorite character is Snape, for sure. Like, hands down. I know that's Why? a huge topic of your discussion. He's such a love-hate 
character. Like everyone hates him, but then there's those moments where you just can't hate him because he does so much good. Like no matter what people say, he does a lot of good throughout the series, even though he torments the kids from time to time. I think he has a lot of redemption and he is the perfect like showing of how a human is. You already, you know, asked an answer. I, I was going to ask, right, if if you considered him a hero or a villain, because I think someone can obviously still be your favorite character, even if they are a villain, but you more or less answered it with, you know, before I could even ask it. So, yeah. He's no. both to me. Like, yeah. he's definitely a hero and a villain. So, he just definitely has that, not necessarily, like, I don't know how to explain it, but he is very much... Um, a complicated human and there's so many of those throughout the series Dumbledore is one of them and um, of course the bad guys the real villains like Voldemort but on this case this is like a good guy went bad and then he realized he's still good so he came back <laughs> he's a complicated human but is he also a complicated vampire mm-hmm. bum 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 Who knows? I'm just saying I remember reading First, Half-Blood Prince, and then Deathly Hallows. And it's not, not, like, the conspiracy is not not there, right? If you wanted to, to, to read into the potential of Snape being a vampire between the sanguini kind of, like, seed planting that J.K.R. does, all of the dark, and the dungeon and you know all i mean all of the 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 visual symbolism and then when he flies like a bat out of the castle in, in deathly hallows it's it's there it's on the page it's true but and i've seen like a lot of those conspiracies on tumblr like way back in the day so i will say that that has been like a huge conspiracy that some of my friends have had but you have to remember like he didn't choose to be that way either he didn't choose to live in the dungeons and be potions master he didn't want to be a potions master you know so i feel like with him like being stuck there he kind of just let it take over his life i thought you were going to go with that's who he is as an individual and so i was about to be like well he didn't choose that because he was born this way he was born this way so so you mentioned tumblr and, and kind of going way back into the tumblr world so let's go way back in the way back machine for you how did harry potter first become a thing in your life like whether it was the books or the movies how how did the series come into come into your world okay well that's a really it's not that long of a story but um the books were published in like two, 1999, right? Yeah, I think 97 was the first. The 98, yeah. 98, yeah. So I think my grandma had the book when it was first published. And after she read it, she sent it to me for one of my birthdays. And my dad didn't end up giving it to me until like a year later. So I didn't get it until 2000. He, 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 I guess he read it during the time that she said to give it to me and he read it first and he gave it to me on my 11th birthday to kind of be like my introduction to Harry Potter. So it was very, it was a very good story. And when he told me that my grandma gave it to me after I read it, I was like, Oh wow. And so it felt like a connection already because she lives in Chicago 
So like our whole like long distance relationship just kind of grew through Harry Potter. What were some of your initial, if you, if you can put yourself in that mindset, like what were some of your like initial emotions and feelings and thoughts about the series you know, kind of as you first came into it? I pretty much like at first, I really felt like I saw a lot of similarities between me and Harry for a little bit there. But then I realized like halfway through that I'm like, he was abused. I'm not abused. So then I started like gravitating towards like the Weasleys because my dad's family is like a very big family. He's one of 14 kids. So I kind of started falling into that mindset. I was just trying to find myself like relating to a character and it was so hard in that first book. So like when I read it, I fell in love with it, like just mainly the magic of it all. So when like around like the second or third chapters, when I really started like kind of diving deep into everything and I, I don't know, I was a big reader at that point in my life. So I feel like I didn't think that it was much to go on. I didn't know like if it was going to be this big, huge series, you know? And then my dad was like, there's a second book. And he's like, wait, and I was like, wait, I gotta read it. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, well, I hope for our listeners is very obvious because your name is mother of Hogwarts on Instagram. You're a mother now, right? And you obviously yes. weren't a mother when you first came into the series. Right. Have have your thoughts about Harry Potter, have maybe some of the characters you relate to more or like the passages or the scenes in the movies that you really kind of feel more, have any of those shifted for you as you've become a mother? Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like I really resonate with Molly Weasley now that I've been a mom. Like, and I've always felt that way towards my friends. As I got older, I always felt like the mom friend. So it was... So that's kind of the reason why I gave myself the name Mother of Hogwarts is because I always have been the mom friend. And um, so when I had my daughter, I reread the series and I was like, wow, I feel like Molly Weasley now. <laughs> I really wanted to end up like a Nymphadora Tonks like mom situation, you know, like be the cool mom, cool mom with all the colored hair, but Fortunately, we didn't really get to see much of that in the series. Hey, that's like your second or third photo on Instagram is you rocking the Tonks look. I did my research. <laughs> you started this series at an early age. You are now a mom and you are now a member, active member of the Harry Potter community, whether that's through Pottergram or meeting up with Potter friends across Right. Wherever you can meet at this point, how do you, what caused you to like join that community and to find that community? Well, okay. This actually started on Tumblr, <laughs> like in 2008, I want to say maybe in 2009, I was on a Harry Potter role play on Tumblr where, you know, I connect with people through there and I don't know if you guys remember, but tiny chat was a thing where you could video chat multiple people and text with multiple people. So that's how we connected through tiny chat and Tumblr, like with our characters. And we went off the rails. Like some of us, like 
went word to word from the books for some of the characters and then other people like went like hey we have Hermione let's get Hermione to hook up with Draco <laughs> you know so um they kind of you know set me up for this like Harry Potter lifestyle <laughs> and so like back in 2011 my friend from the Harry Potter our Harry Potter role play visited me from Australia and then I had my friend from uh, a couple towns over in Lakeland came and met up and so it was a nice meetup and then she had told me I should start a Harry Potter account and I didn't do it until like 2016. Wait, wait, wait. You, you blew past that like super casually. Someone you knew online flew from Australia to come hang out and do Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, are you still friends with this person? Because if so, yes. they deserve a shout out right here. Yes. Right now. Um, I can't remember her new name because she's changed it, but she's Shala Kang, like S-H-A-L-L-A and then Kang, K-A-N-G. And I think it's on Instagram. She might go buy something else now. I don't know. I found one Shala Kang and I don't think it's the Shala Kang question because you don't follow her. But this this Shala Kang's Instagram bio reads, the bags under my eyes are Prada, and I appreciate that. So um, shouts to you, other Shala Kang. Um, yeah, I think that is her. Does she have a little uh, cactus emoji on it? How come you don't follow Shala Kang? I follow her on my other account. Oh, <laughs> I have no, my personal. Just, okay, well, then you are the right Shala Kang, and I appreciate yeah. your Instagram bio. So shouts to you. That is really cool. See, this is something that I miss out on entirely. When you said that word earlier, I something chat. I don't know what that was. Because um, I, I was too tiny young. Chat. Yeah, tiny chat. Okay. I was too young to hit all of that. And on top of that, I had parents. I mean, my mother, my dad was a, is a great father, but he didn't really care. About, like, he wasn't actively involved in this type of the parenting. Um, my mother would never have let me be involved in online chat rooms or any of that stuff um which is never a thing and so like i only got into the potter community quite literally january of 2018 um and it's been a whirlwind ever since but yeah i i never had like i listened to binge mode and 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 mal talks about all the chat rooms she was involved in back when the books were coming out and like anytime we have guests who talk about tumblr or um any of the online forums whose names i'm inevitably going to forget um yeah, I, I never got to experience any of that. So it's really fascinating to hear about like the prior iterations. Oh, that was me making noise. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, it, it's fascinating to hear about all the previous iterations of like the online Potter community that were here before I arrived. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a wild ride because I've gone from like Tumblr and then I was on Twitter where I gained a following through my other uh my other fandoms, which is like Psych and Gallivant, and through that, people oh. followed me on this account, on my mother of Hogwarts account. So, and I was on the Nerd Fighteria group page for a while, and people like that were following my personal followed this account. So it's kind of like a nice combination of all these different fandoms that just like are supporting me, and it just felt really good. So since you've been active in like the online side of this community, were you also like AOL chats? Oh, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> like 
and I think there was like another site. I don't know if you get if you remember this, but IMVU, like where you design a character and you'd go online and meet like pretty much strangers. <laughs> Me and my best friend, we would do that all the time, and they would like try and talk to us and try and get us in like a video chat kind of scenario, and we were like, nope. <laughs> They're like, we know where that's going. Nope. <laughs> I was a heavy RuneScaper. That was a game that I played. Shouts to all my fellow RuneScape heads out there from back in the day. Nothing to do with Harry Potter. But it was a similar concept where you had a character who got to travel through this multiplayer world. Um, and it was like a feudalism game, right? You would, you would smith iron and you would go to the quarry and do shit with rocks. I don't know, right? You would go to a tavern right. and all that stuff. So, And RuneScape yeah. actually got that through a Japanese game like that did that. So there's this game called .hack. <laughs> Sorry to get off topic, but there's this game called .hack that had a website because it was all supposed to be online. Um, so they had like a version of that online where you can meet up with other players and all of them were Japanese. And so it was just like me and my friend <laughs> only English speakers there, but it was exactly like RuneScape. Like what RuneScape was, like they got that idea from the hack. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, that was boy. I spent a lot of my childhood playing that game. I like the fact that Stephen played a game as a child where he ended up visiting taverns. That just seems very on brand. <laughs> it was what you did. You you went and you got money from the bank, and sometimes you would steal money or. It, it, it was fun. It was so much fun. But this is creating magic, not creating RuneScape. Um, so, Danny, why don't you get us back on track? Because I got nothing. Yes. What was your first fandom? I know that's like Harry Potter adjacent, but I'm curious, like, was Harry Potter the first thing you really like dove into? Or was there something that was like your gateway drug into fandoms? That's really hard because I think... Harry Potter got me into the online community for sure. But I had like before I even got on the internet as much as I did, I was a big anime fan <laughs> and like a big like manga and anime fan, but like 90s and early 2000s. I owned anime. all the Sailor Moons. Yes. Like Sailor Moon was one of them. Cardcaptor Sakura. Yes. Inuyasha. Dot Hack was another. <laughs> uh, there were so many. And then there's Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Panic, like, and it expands, like, throughout. And I'm like, whenever someone talks about certain animes, like, today, I'm like, they got that off of this old anime from back in the day. Like, Slayers from back then in the 80s, now they're trying to revive it with, like, new characters. I'm like, they've already done that. <laughs> One summer in high school, I did this summer program in North Carolina called Governor's School, which was a state-funded summer program for for students across all disciplines to come together and basically spend the summer in your craft. So I went for vocal performance. I did the entire. I spent the entire summer in choir rehearsals and choir performances, et cetera, et cetera. But people were there for social science. People were there for uh, visual art. People were there for math. You name it. Anywho, that's all to say that the person in the room next to me in the dorm, his name was Maddie, um, Matt Eberly. I forget how to pronounce his last name, but Matt, that doesn't matter. That's not germane to the story. What matters is 
he was super into manga and all this stuff and us being a bunch of frankly dicks used to make fun of him for it because we were all North Carolina high school boys who were heteronormative and, 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 and not about manga. Anywho, he used to read this one, all that he had a bunch of them in his, in his dorm. It was Makoto-san and Yuri-san. And I just remember that we, we wouldn't take them and steal them, but like we would hang out with them and like, I would pick one up and start reading it like to the group as like a group reading. And maybe that was a precursor for a first encounter, come to think of it. Um, but oh my God, I spent so many hours that summer reading manga. That is a memory I have not thought of in forever. Oh boy. There was two mangas that I was into that they turned into animes and that was Fruits Basket and Love Hina. And those books are so long. Fruits Basket is still going. And Love Hina was like at least 25 books long. But once you get into it, you can't get out. <laughs> it's like almost impossible to get out of that area. <laughs> you just either grow with it or you watch it one time and you're like, eh, no. <laughs> Have you started introducing your child to the Harry Potter world? Slowly. And... Are you hoping that it's something that is more organic or do you just want to shove it on them? Um, well, well, Danny, like, Danny, 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 we got to rephrase that question. I don't think any parent is going to rest easy with the concept of shoving any sort of fandom or food or literally, because when you're talking about children, shoving things at children is not the most loving maternal of, of verbs. Um, I mean, it's definitely, it's just definitely hard to shove anything in my face. <laughs> right. So like maybe like foisting the fandom or trying like to push. Gently pushing. Kind of, yeah, impress upon Surrounding. Them. Yeah, like inundate. Yeah. You know, lots of, lots of better verbs than just, uh, what'd you use, shoving? Shoving. Yeah, sorry, I already went out my head. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people do it. Uh, like, I don't need to step on eggshells here. Some people shove things on their children. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, I'm, I'm, my I'm parents fine. or my dad was one of them. <laughs> Look, I'm totally, I'm totally fine with the concept of parents who like uh, transfer ideals, values, fandoms, affinities to their children. I just don't like the verb shoving. And it's just a weird verb to use when talking about your children. When you grow up with it, it's different. My dad... I showed one interest in the drums and my dad bought me a drum set like later that year and made me take drum lessons for seven years. So I didn't have a choice. But I did bribe him. Was your dad Travis Barker from Blink-182? No. Okay, then. All right, cool. That wouldn't explain the drum thing. But I did bribe him. Every time we went to a drum lesson, we would go to the mall and get a book, a manga (laughs) So at least one it all like, moves back. Yeah. <laughs> but um as far as like my daughter goes, like I've lightly like showed her things. When she was a baby, I read like Tales of Beetle the Bard to her. And I plan on still doing that. And I have a couple other books that are like Harry Potter related, like Calling All Witches I got from Amanda Starry Eyed One. Um she got that for me for my birthday. Well, actually, no, she got that for me for Lila's birthday last year. And we um, 
I introduced that to her and she like showed really interest in all the art and she loves the art in Prisoner of Azkaban, the illustrated version. So she's constantly picking up that book and like bringing it to me to open the page up to the Remus Lupin page and then this other page. And I'm like, well, at least she likes it. And she has, well, I have a Niffler and a Pygmy Puff and she hugs that Pygmy Puff so tight sometimes. And she plays with my little, uh, so do we want to talk a little bit, Danny, about um, some of Mika's thoughts on the books and movies and favorites and least favorites and changes and desires and all of those good things? Yes. So to kick off, we'll start easy and we'll get progressively more difficult. And by difficult, I mean opinions that I have that are correct. And if you don't agree with them, you are wrong. Whatever you say. Uh-huh. No, that is not there the correct is. response. No. no oh, you didn't see me you roll say. my eyes. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. The listeners can't see. The listeners the only hear. The listeners. That was sarcasm. The listeners can't see you roll your eyes. All they heard was you say whatever you say, and that's what we're going to edit and go with. So, <laughs> uh, simply put, can you help me out here? Favorite book and favorite movie. Uh, okay, so favorite book is Half Blood Friends. And it was really hard to choose that one. But favorite movie is probably Deathly Hallows Part 2. I've gone back and forth on this a lot. <laughs> Ever since starting listening to this podcast, I was like, I really have to make sure that I know who my favorites are because I don't want to upset Stephen in any sort of way. <laughs> and I was a big Prisoner of Azkaban fan for the longest time, but it's never been my absolute favorite like it's been in the top three you know so i just had to narrow it down to find out which one was that top one you know <laughs> you were a prisoner of azkaban fan dum, 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 for the longest time Whoa, for the longest, for the for longest, the longest if you said goodbye to me tonight ooh, ooh. anywho least favorites least favorite you're gonna hate me for this goblet of fire is the least favorite book and favorite or least favorite movie is deathly hollows part one because they dragged out their whole adventure in that part one and that bugged me so much i'm like there were so many other things i could have focused on during that time (laughs) I have very strong opinions on when things should be split into two. Yes. And I never believe it should be the final book. What about Siamese twins? Do you think they should be split into two? It's in reference to books. (laughs) Well, you didn't clarify. You just said when things should be split into two. So I'm asking about a thing. Anyway, on that subject, not Siamese twins, but on splitting books... If you could have picked one of the books to be split into two movies instead of book seven, which book would it have been? Goblet of Fire. Just so we could have got so much more. Like, I feel like they missed out on all of the great scenes from the book. The Sphinx, the, like, I feel like they could have, like, talked about, like, how Victor got cursed you know, and I just wish they did so much more with the movie. They missed out on a lot of great parts in all of the movies, I swear. 
With there being things missed out on, what is something they added that was not in the books that you liked? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it doesn't even have to add like any substance. Like one of the things I love and it's not in the books is when Luna goes, Harry Potter, you listen to me. That's funny. I like that part. But also I think it's really I thought I cracked up laughing when Neville said, I got to tell Luna that I love her. I was like, done for. I'm like, that did not happen. <laughs> but I was very pro Luna and Neville. Yeah, me too. Those first, like when Luna was first like introduced in the books, I was like, oh, she would go great with Neville. And then you never really saw them together. And I'm like, no, this is so sad. But I was very much uh, Tonks and Lupin shipper at that point so I was just so happy to see them come together in the books and like that whole relationship just put me through a whirlwind of emotions (laughs) see I always like in the latent recesses of my just confusing confusing mind I always saw Luna as a very good pair for Harry right because I I I understand the majority of kind of the alt shipping world that that wanted Harry to end up with Hermione but for me not I I say for me as in this is my opinion I'm the only person who thinks this but you know Harry is is very much the reluctant hero right he doesn't want the limelight he doesn't want the spotlight there's there's glimpses of Half-Life Prince where he's like yeah I'm the chosen one this is pretty fucking cool but generally speaking he would much rather just live his life and I think Hermione is someone, for as incredible as she is, I think just one of her inherent personality traits is she's always going to try to push him to to be the 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 noble hero saving the day, not because not because there's any agenda attached to it, but because that's just who Hermione is, right? Hermione is right. not someone who can sit back and rest on her laurels. Whereas every interaction we get with Luna and Harry, Luna just looks at Harry and she looks at everyone else as just a human. Right. Like as, as a human with feelings and emotions and thoughts, and she's not right. What I'm getting at is after the war and after everything that went down to me, it would have felt like I I get that Harry went and became an aura and all that stuff. But to me, it felt more natural for Harry just to go live his life, right. To go right off into the sunset. And Luna very much would have been the ultimate pairing for him in that sense. Yeah. And it's Luna also sees him not that like Hermione and Ron don't see him but she sees him at this other level of like who he is beneath it beneath the Harry Potter name and the legacy and all that right and I agree with that too to a point (laughs) I mean I don't I'm not really the biggest shipper of Harry with any of the girls I honestly I thought Ginny was way out of his league for one and two like she it's like her feelings for him came out of nowhere to me. Like even in the series, like I feel like there was, she only liked him because he was popular at first. And so I feel like it was just a buildup of that. He's, he's trying to sing wicked. I can see it. <laughs> um. <laughs> what Harry could have said to Ginny is whenever I see someone less fortunate than I, and let's face it, who isn't less fortunate than I, my chosen one heart tends to start to bleed. And when someone needs a makeover, I simply have to take over. I know, I know exactly what they need. And even in your case, 
Though it's the toughest case I've yet to face, don't worry, I'm determined to succeed. Follow my lead, and yes, indeed, you will be popular. I I had to keep going until I got to the word. Otherwise, you know, what was the point? Uh, Anywho, you know, I didn't even think about that song until like she said it too. But there was the part where you said after the war, and my my head went directly to Hamilton, and I started singing in my head after the war, I went back to New York. After the war, I went back to New York. I finished up my studies and I practiced law. For practice law, he worked next next door. door. Oh my God, what a great episode. (laughs) What? Look, listeners, I know I've given you all a bunch of weird glimpses into my brain over the 40-something episodes we've released. This episode might be the most pure, unadulterated view into my mind. (laughs) I think in song every minute of every day. And the songs run the gamut. They can go from musical theater to a random piece of classical music I sang in college, to an Italian aria I did in high school, to 90s boy band, like, like pop. It's nuts. The country, the whole thing. It's, it's insane. So welcome to Steven's mind. I hope you enjoyed your stay. I may admit. We get along so well. Because I went to an art school, so I learned all of the musicals. And then I also was in a band. I was in band like at the school. So I learned classical music there. My dad introduced freaking Burt Bacharach and all these like 70s artists. And then I came in, I lived in Florida. So of course I liked country and rap and pretty much everything. So my head just goes like 50 songs to 100 songs a day. (laughs) I have a confession. Because I am a theater kid, I may or may not work in phrases to see if Stephen catches them on the regular. <laughs> I got quite a few in when we recorded the pin pod. Have I ever not? Not that I can think of specifically. Most wow. of them. I did get the one. I forget who. I forget who we were talking to for life of me. I did. Oh, it was. It wasn't a recording. It was when we were doing game night with Katie and Russell, where I got to suddenly see more reference in. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Hey, Katie. Hey, Russell. If you ever move back to Florida, or even when you visit Florida, we'll all have to get together and do like a freaking musical, like a rendition, and just my record life. it. It's literally my life. Yeah. Oof. Anywho, boy, we are so far afield. <laughs> Danny, what was even the question? Which book would you have wanted to split in two? Oh, and she said Goblet of Fire. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. So once you edit all that six-minute digression out, here we are, <laughs> right back on track. What of of the portrayals that we get in the movies, you know, mm. which would you say are I don't, want to, I don't want to necessarily say the best, but maybe the most accurate to how you read their characters in the books. Oh my God, Snape 100%. Like Alan Rickman did the best job. And I grew up with Galaxy Quest. And if you've ever seen Galaxy Quest, it has Tim Allen, Alan Rickman, and then another famous actor. And they were all amazing in that movie. And when I saw... Harry Potter, and saw that Alan Rickson was in it. I literally like, started fangirling, and I kind of fell in love with him 
like as Snape, like he just fit the perfect Snape to me. And I know Snape in the books had like this mustache and had this greasy look. But once I saw him as Snape, I'm like, I will never read Harry Potter again without seeing Alan Rickman's face. Yeah, I think I think he's actually a really good example of like the different ways I kind of view the portrayals in the movies. Where I think you're, I think you're right. Snape, Alan Rickman is the ultimate embodiment and personification of Professor Snape. That said, I don't think he adheres to what J.K.R. put on the page, but I'm fine with right. that. Right. Like, like, but then I think Professor McGonagall, Maggie Smith, nails the exact yes. interpretation from the page, and I yeah. love that, right? But then, I, then, like, for instance, I don't love Rupert Grint's Ron, and when Thank I think you. of Ron, I think of book Ron before I think of Rupert. So I think there's lots of different ways to consider and the portrayals that we get. for me, okay? Oh, like, oh. I love Bonnie Wright so much, but I did not love her in Harry Potter. Danny, <laughs> I I'm did going not see her as Ginny. Like, it didn't seem perfect to me. Like, I felt like there was something very close. Like, she was very close to perfect, but not exactly there. Stephen refrains from this conversation because we've heard it <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say it. It's okay. It's okay. I do love like a lot of the actors that were chosen for their roles in there. And Bonnie Wright does a very good job. I didn't think she hit it right on the head. Well, <laughs> I mean, Emma Watson is her Annie. Yeah. She was always, she was one of those when they announced her as Belle, I was like, yes, that is the exact person right. that needed to be Belle. Yep. I thought that too. Did I, I wasn't crazy about her singing, but <laughs> did, I did love her as well. But <laughs> did I read somewhere recently that she's in line to play another Disney princess or major character in a Disney movie? I could have sworn I read that. Hmm. And for some reason, the Little Mermaid movie is coming to mind. No, I read. They, I don't know who she would have been. In that. I don't know who she would have been, but uh, they. It's Haley. I think Haley. I can see her face. I can't remember her name. Her and her sister are a duo under Beyonce's label. I'm really excited for the Little Mermaid live action only because they're putting David Diggs to be Sebastian. That's perfect. I'm so excited for that. I love him. He's so great. Off topic, of course, again. That's going to irk it's me. It's the way listeners, we roll. Listeners out there, if you happen to have any idea what the hell I'm talking about, because I don't think I made this up. I, I Look, it's, it's, it's something I read as a rumor on a page. Like, who knows if the rumor is any validity. But if you happen to have any idea what rumor I was reading as to Emma Watson possibly being involved in a future Disney project, please let me know, because that's going to irk me for a while. I've been wrong before. If you were attending Hogwarts, who would your friend group be? Oh my gosh. Like, are we talking about like Harry Potter's era? <laughs> Any generation. Okay. This is really hard for me actually, because I feel like I'm such a, I'm like one of those people that goes into different groups. Like even in high school, like I was a part of a bunch of different groups, but never one set group. 
So I feel like I would be probably like hanging out with Dean Thomas a lot and like Seamus, Seamus from time to time. But I would also like hang out with Luna and then hang out with the other cool Hufflepuffs. <laughs> because there's not many. Maybe Hannah Abbott a lot. Probably Hannah. But if we're going way back in the Marauders era or even like around Tonks era, obviously I'd hang out with Tonks and uh, Charlie. <laughs> Do we want to head into some creator shout outs? Shout away, my friend. Shout away. Mika, do you have any creator shout-outs? I have two. I put them down because I had to, like, think about who I wanted to shout-out that hasn't been shout-out already, you know? I screen cap every time I have a shout-out so I don't have to go searching. And Paula and Karina get shout-out pretty often. that I think they're sick of me tagging them. <laughs> so I wanted to shout-out Amanda Camarada. Um live life full of magic on instagram i met her last year at megacon and um i actually got her confused with amanda magic under the stairs because i was messaging one of them and i was like i was messaging you and i was talking to live life full of magic i'm like i was messaging you and you weren't responding and then i realized i was talking about magic under the stairs and she was right next to her and didn't say anything that entire time and i'm like oh gosh i just threw myself under the bus thanks <laughs> but they're you know amanda's the amanda names we got a lot of amanda's here in florida yeah and I fell in love with her. Like we hit it off off the bat. She's from Tampa and I grew up like we literally grew up like, well, she's, she's from Pennsylvania. She grew up. She's a bit older than me, but she lives in the area where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. She's from the area where I grew up in Pennsylvania when we were younger, younger. Oh, nice. So we're neighboring counties. Danny, yeah, was, her too. <laughs> was that before or after the advent of the Model A? Mika, who's your other shout-out? All right. The other uh, creator shout-out, I wanted to do Katie Beth Cosplay. She goes by Katie X Beth too, on Instagram, but I like I wanted to shout-out her cosplay account because when I met her, she was a Cornish pixie. <laughs> and we kind of hit it off right off the bat, too. It was really nice because it was like our souls just had like this moment where we were just like, we said something about depression and I was like, wow, we get along so well. She's a good human She's who a- loves pins. This is what I've learned this week. Yeah. Her love of pins is a lot more than I had realized after having met her twice previously. <laughs> She's a very fun person to be around. And she, her collection is just awesome, too. Like, her and Amanda, Magic Under the Stairs, their collection are amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Steven, do you have your creator shout-out? Well, while we're on the note of pins, that's a friendly reminder that you should subscribe to the Pin Pod. If you're interested in hearing from some of the most amazing pin designers, creators, and collectors, including, but certainly not limited, to Katie X Beth and Magic Under the Stairs on an episode TBD. Anywho, I have two shout outs for today. 
First of which is the Good Dude Award. Good Dude Award goes to Gerald, uh, Dapper Minister of Magic, who's just a good dude and deserves all the plaudits. Um, my second shout out for this week goes to Magical underscore Haley. Um, I really hope I'm pronouncing Haley right. I apologize if I am not. Um, you appear to be from Greenville, South Carolina. So seeing as that's where I'm, I'm not in Greenville, but I'm in South Carolina for, for pandemicking. All about that South Carolina connection, even though it's the lesser of the two Carolinas, if we're being honest. Um, but no, your, your account seems really cool. You're a Gryffindor. Um, you've got a, a shop that's coming sometime soon. Um, you post really cool photos from around the Wizarding World, from um, the parks to uh, some shots around London to just shots of you kind of walking around um, Greenville. So your account's fun. You seem fun. Uh, so yeah, you get my shout out. Gryffindor. I have another Gryffindor shout out. It is pretty little snitch underscore. I'm not going to try to say her name because I will butcher it. But she has been taking part of our Back to Hogwarts Magic Challenge. And I was scrolling through her account. She also has the uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts Lego setup that she posted earlier this week, which looks really cool. But actually, I really love her photos. She has a lot of pops. Um, Just a cool vibe in general, but it's a really fun account. So go check it out. Anything else you would like to share, talk about? You do have to share your socials. My socials are Mother of Hogwarts, all one word pretty much. And my on Instagram, it's Mika, M-E-E-K-U-H-H for my personal. And then for my Twitter, it's M-E-E-K-U-H-H underscore. My Tumblr is Half Blood Psych. If anyone wants to follow that, I post every once in a while not a lot as I used to but I do post um I have a lot of followers on there because I used to post like custom Harry Potter content and gifts and stuff so some people might already recognize my name from that with that thank you for joining us thank you for having me and that's a wrap because Steven's not going to yell cut at me because he's now mad at me. Oh, no. You can see his disappointment. I'm not asking you to try to give me a complicated logical algorithm around something. I'm asking you to try pronouncing a name. Take a shot in life. Take a chance. Oh, here. <laughs> Walked right into that one. No, I got, I got a different one you're not prepared for. Um Take a chance, make it happen, spin the wheel, finger snapping, or pop a cork, finger snapping, spin the wheel, round and round we go. Life is good, life is sweet. Have yourself a front row seat, and we'll meet at Foxwoods. All the Connecticut listeners who grew up in Connecticut in the early 2000s will understand that reference. So basically, Sarah, we're looking at you and probably nobody else. Otherwise, that's all I got. I wish I knew. <laughs> Steven, do you know the Cape May song? No, because I went to the far superior Ocean City, New Jersey. Mm, but it's such a good song. Okay, but I went to the... The only reason we ever went to Cape May was to go to the zoo. That was it. Great zoo. Yeah, great zoo. The rest of the place, Ocean City, far superior. End of episode. 
end of episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow.